0: What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of A Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast I am your Swede, Sebastian Orin, with me your Yank, Elliot Niblock A little bit of a European Cup special here to start off the episode at least As we got Champions League and Europa League to talk about Uh, Champions League, round of 16 Serving up the drama Serving up the drama we had a couple of the second legs here this midweek and we're going to jump straight into the weird, weird fixture between PSG and Manchester United.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Seb, you're still a little kind of starstruck by it, struggling to find the words, which is understandable given the
0: way that it moved. (laughs) Yeah. It it was uh, a weird one. So, uh, we all saw what happened, the first leg at Old Trafford, PSG took a, a 2 nothing win, Paul Pogba got sent off, and you're going to Paris, and you're like, okay, well, you know, at least make a game out of it, hopefully, but with the, all the injuries, too, I mean, this is a team that had a bench, which was comprised of kids, basically,
1: yeah. and...
0: They pull a major rabbit out of the hat and take a three to one win to move on on away goals, which is just insane. And it, I mean, the fact that you scored the winner or what turns out to be the winner deep in stoppage time on a penalty, thanks to VAR, <laughs> <laughs> or no, thanks to VAR, as
1: uh, the Parisians will be saying this evening. Yes,
0: yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, Lukaku scored twice and then Rashford with that penalty.
1: All right, Seb. Well, so I, I I can't be entirely objective given that Arsenal play United this very weekend. Yes. But what is your take on this penalty decision? What did you think of it? Did you expect it to be overturned when it went to the replay?
0: I mean, you, the thing is, too, I'm biased here, too. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I was hoping, like, no, it's going to, you know, it'll be a penalty. It'll be a penalty. Uh, but at the same time, would I be up in arms if it wasn't given? Eh, probably not. I think it's a horrible call.
1: And I am I'm, I'm frustrated by it, not because I was cheering against United, not because I was cheering for PSG, but because, on the whole, I think that, VAR will be good for the game And I still think that Even after this What I believe to be an egregious error By the referee But because it was the biggest stage Because it was a decisive moment It's going to be put all up in lights And it's all anybody in Europe And even around the world Is going to be able to talk about Is this failure of VAR And I think it was a failure Because yeah sure it hit his arm But the defender is Jumping ...turned away, facing away from the ball, his arm is at his side, and his arm is moving away from the ball as it hits it. It's, to me, it is a ludicrous decision based entirely on the specific camera angle that we had. And yeah, it lo- there's daylight between his arm and his torso, but, you know, you show it from, the camera happens to be mm, 8, nine, ten feet farther down the touchline... I don't think the penalty is given. And the thing with VAR is that, again, it is a good thing for the game. But no matter how many times you look at the duck-rabbit painting, some people are going to see a duck. Some people are going to say a rabbit. It's subjective. All human decisions are, including a referee's. And even though VAR is positive, it can never legislate that out. And it's frustrating because now we're just going to see a huge backlash against VAR and it, it's frustrating and i i don't know do you do you think that it was a legitimate penalty cuz
0: i think it's obviously
1: not
0: i mean the the thing is that keep your arm to your side and that's that's not a it's then it's not given that that's what i think his the it's just the position of the arm it's a little bit too far out if he would have kept it, if he would have kept like four it, ah, from his body. that doesn't matter. If he if he keeps it in, if he tucks it in, and it hits his arm, then no, it's not given.
1: That, and it's moving away from the ball. You talk about an obvious an attempt. To...
0: Ah, it's not moving. No, 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 it's not. Yes, moving. it is. No, it's no, no no no, 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 it's moving away. No, I I'm am watching. I am watching it right now as we speak. I'm watching it over and over again on the loop here. But it's funny too because it really seems to be either as for i mean it is social media so take it with a huge bucket of salt but yeah. it's either you're like oh it's a given it's a given it's you know it's uh it's uh clear as the sun as we say Swedish saying solklart clear <laughs> as the sun like, or or you're saying that it's complete bs there's no real in between here um but it, like i said it's also social media so uh, it is what it is there things are very black and white on the social media front so yeah uh but like i said i think it's a penalty i am biased uh at the same time i would not be you know screaming my head off if it wasn't given uh um, yeah yeah Obviously not, but it was, and United are moving through, and it's pretty insane. And please give Ole Gunnar Zutra the the job now, because I mean, what he's done so far, I I feel like he's already shown that he's earned it.
1: Oh yeah, it's I, and again, you know, we talked about this before. Well, Zinedine Zidane's name will come up frequently, and in fact, we'll probably mention it just another breath away here as we turn to other games. Yes in the Champions League, but barring an essentially pre-contract agreement with Zidane, I can't imagine that they wouldn't give it to him, or at least they shouldn't give it to him, because there's no other there's no other manager in Europe who I think has the profile, save Pep Guardiola, and he's definitely off-limits, yeah. to, to justify not handing uh Ole Gunnar Solis and the job after the performances that he's done. I mean, it, yeah, you're right. Hats off to him. He, he deserves the reins for at least another season. And, you know, if he can do this, coming in with a dressing room that is as dismal as it was, which the special one is known to do, uh, boy, coming in off of his own tr- summer transfer window for a full season yeah. – you got to at least give him the chance. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and I think that is he's just that... You know, we were talking about this before, you know. Preferably, you would want someone who knows the club, who knows the philosophy of what it means to be Manchester United. And Ula ticks all those boxes. And yep. he's shown here now that he can, you know, sort of do it on a bigger stage than what he's done before, you know, training Molde. You know, he's done a good job with Molde, but that, that's not the premier league it's not manchester united but he's yeah. showing here that he can get these players playing at their best bring back the joy of playing for manchester united and the way they should be playing which is you know going forward a lot yeah you're going to leak defensively every once in a while but you're going to try that that's you know even if you're going to go down you're going to go down swinging
1: yep yeah and he's he also has a managerial style that i particularly appreciate uh, which is, you know, more the arm around the shoulder yes, than the screaming in the face. Um, I mean, I think it's it is really rare to find someone, and again, this is, you know, this is why you got to give him the next year to really find out uh, whether he can kind of walk both lines. But it's rare to find someone like an Alex Ferguson, for example, who can, you know, take a young player under his wing and be that kind-hearted, fatherly figure. And will also blow your hair back in the dressing room at halftime if he if thinks be, you're yeah. not living up to uh, what's expected of you.
0: Yeah, that's true, and I—that's I, and the thing too. I think he was very much molded in—in in his way of ma- managing because he had Sir Alex for all yeah. those years, and it's—you know, it's—it's it's a romantic fantasy that you can have, but I mean, come on give me 20 years with just, yep. just give it to me that would be amazing Yeah. if this is just the start of it oh my god uh, so yeah I like I said I'm still trying to process this we're recording right after the final whistle mm-hmm. uh, Porto and Roma they're still in extra time as they were 3-3 on aggregate uh, after both games here Porto or Roma won the first leg 2-1 Porto up 2-1 after 90 minutes here in the second leg. So right now they're in the 109th minute. So we'll, we'll see sort of how that develops here throughout the show. But if United's win in Paris was a, a good one, then Ajax beating Real Madrid 4-1 to one in their second leg and going through 5-3 on aggregate is just as big of a surprise.
1: Uh, I, I'm Even sorry, bigger. Seb, I would have to say much bigger. Much I mean, bigger. IX okay. marching into the Bernabeu and hitting Madrid for four. Yeah,
0: that's, that's
1: it's, pretty cool. It, it, yeah. Uh, who saw this coming? Raise your hand if you did. And if you don't live in Amsterdam, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, because
0: very few. Very yeah
1: cool. this this is I mean even just watching the, the IX supporters in the away section they they seemed like they you know it seemed like they'd shown up expecting a cricket match and were' yeah. watching football they were that shocked by it but of course you know thrilled with joy uh and it is it's a weird yeah I said this before and we, we can get into the metrics of the game itself in a second but it is a strange kind of uh reverse bit of Cristiano Ronaldo's legacy, I think, just how precipitous Real Madrid's fall from grace has been this season mm-hmm. following his departure for Juve. That's very, very true. I, I, mean, I... you know, in, in addition to this, just the like and I think that this is going to be probably the uh uh the easiest moment to point to, but their performances in La Liga have I mean they're twelve points off of Barcelona. It's uh, it's really dark days at the Bernabeu when you know by their lofty standards of the sun shining all the time. Yeah.
0: Well, I do think that they they're in need of sort of a revamp of their squad get a little bit younger, get new, yeah get new Galacticos in. It is the end of an era for sure. It, it really is because I mean if you if you're looking at it, I mean they I still feel like they have a couple of really good building blocks. Uh, you know, Courtois, he's not old. Varane, he's in his mid-20s, so that's fine. Yeah. But if you start to look through here, yeah, Benzema, you know, 31. I t- yeah.
1: And I, I tell you what, though, that um, Mod- this... Modric is not getting any younger either. Yeah. Uh, Ramos, although his now kind of hilarious suspension yeah. is that much more hilarious since he missed this leg. Um, but... And the this result in Madrid does it only is going to stoke the flames of the Eden Hazard to Real. Labs. Is, yeah, they
0: they need him bad. Yeah, and they I think, really notes, need him bad. And I think Bale is going to be gone. Yeah, I, I think agree. that that's a player that they're going to sell to sort of use and then use the money to. To go after some younger players because he's getting up there too. Yeah, he'll be
1: he'll be thirty this year, yeah. and he's also a player that you know. There's been uh, there's just been such kind of he he's been frustrated and left out in the cold at the Bernabeu despite doing a lot for that team. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a move that both the player and the club will probably be keen to make. Now you know we'll see is is he gonna is Tottenham going to use all that money that they've been saving up over the course of the last few transfer windows to bring Bale back to the newly renovated, should it ever actually be
0: opened, White Hart Lane? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that would be a good get for them. Definitely would be a good get. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if United, they, he'd been linked to United a lot of times here, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the funniest thing would be if he went back to Southampton. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> that would be hilarious. No. Well, I mean,
1: it would be especially funny if that happened after Southampton gets relegated. Yes.
0: <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> ah. Just
1: to say, totally impossible. Yeah.
0: Um, no, I, I, I feel like he's sort of in a weird spot here because he should have a couple of good years left in him.
1: Yeah. But I could, uh, I could, I gonna... can, I could also be
0: hesitant if your Spurs or a Man United... You know, do you really bring him in for a... It's going to be a large chunk of money. And then you're going to have to hand him a five-year deal?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends a lot on, again, who the manager is at Old Trafford. I don't think I don't think Spurs is a likely
0: destination. I think United is more likely. Um, do you do this? If you're Real Madrid, do you want to get the... If you don't want to pay as much money... Or Eden Hazard, do you pay? Do you throw in bail and then a little bit on top of that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. However, I also wonder how much Bale himself really wants to play at Old Trafford before his time is up. You know, having grown up as a Welshman, idealizing uh, Ryan Giggs as his hero, you know, he yeah. he grew up watching games played at Old Trafford and it would make perfect sense if, you know, because this is, again, not thinking merely from the the club, the player's perspective, you know, this is going to be his last big move, right?
0: Um, Yes. It's going to be this and then the MLS. I was going to say
1: this and MLS or China. Yes. Um, Yeah. I don't know how much of a a fan of the U.S. he is, (laughs) Um, but I, I, think that he probably, at least some part of him, I mean, look, all of us, no matter, you know, how old we get and how much we analyze the game from, you know, increasingly nuanced financial perspectives, et cetera, et cetera, there's still some part of us that just grew up watching sports and putting ourselves in those shoes. And, you know, very few of us have the opportunity to actually fill those shoes, but he's one of them. So, uh, you know, would he be willing to take – 50,000 less a week, having already made his fortune as a footballer in mm. order to live that childhood dream. Maybe, you know,
0: we'll see. Yeah. And I think too, if, if you do, if we do speculate too, that he's going to, he's going to do one big move here to a top side in Europe, and then it's either going to be China or the MLS. Uh, then yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. And I actually, I would have suggested Juve, but having just brought in Ronaldo, I don't think that that is even possible.
0: Um, I mean, Maybe. It, that's not. Oh, actually, I haven't even thought about that one. But they never seemed like they got on especially well. At uh, uh-huh.
1: and I think part of that's Ronaldo's ego and the fact that Bale's fee eclipsed his own yeah. as a record. Um, I I honestly I think Bale will more likely than not want to. You know, he spent. He spent, uh, what, five years in Spain now? he, I think he'll probably want to come back to the Premier League, and I think that he'll probably want to do that with United. However, who the manager is plays obviously a large role in whether or not that happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see how things shake out there. But uh, let's move back to this Ajax team. Bunch of youngsters, bunch of young, promising players. They pulled off something amazing. This is, I mean, one of Ajax's bigger wins uh, – you know, in recent time, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we they've won the Champions League. They used to be yeah. a phenomenal club, but since the economical landscape has sort of shifted over the past, you know, fifteen years, um, they're not really up there, you know, fighting with the big dogs as often as they were back in the days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is one heck of a heck of a feather in their cap. Dusan Tadic, phenomenal game.
1: Yeah, boy, uh, <laughs> that's the you thing know, too. I think that that's that's a big uh, big frustration um, for those who are Saints supporters, seeing their team. Just speaking of other alumni of uh, Southampton, obviously not of Southampton's academy, but uh, seeing their team struggle on the edge of the relegation zone, and like, okay, well Tavish is gone, but um, yeah, you guys kept chain long. Yep. Right. No,
0: but that's the thing too. If you got a player like Tadic, who's you know, if you look at it, very talented guy, very good on the ball, very technical. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes that I think he would have fared better in the Premier League if he was with a better side. You know? Yeah, of course. And I I feel like this Ajax play a style of football that really suits him, and he just had a phenomenal, phenomenal game here. And I I think Ajax is sort of mixed here by having a really young, talented side, and then you pepper in these more established players like De- Daily Blint, like Lasse Schöne, um and Tadic, you know, because he's no spring chicken. He's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's really cool to see what they did, and uh, we'll see how they fare as we go along into the quarterfinals here. Uh, Spurs, they took a one nothing win... At um, Dortmund, so they move on four nothing on aggregate. Harry Kane, good on you. Um, he's impressive. That's that's all you really can say. Harry Kane, very good at scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's awfully good at what he does. Oh, um, we got a goal. Porto in the 117th minute, a penalty. Alex Teles. Uh-huh. So it looks like Porto will be moving through here. We got about a minute left to play, which yeah, I mean that's good on Ro- good on Porto if they can if they can make it into the quarterfinals too. Um, yeah. We still have a couple of games next week, uh, but we'll we'll get to that next week. Uh, let's uh, take a. I almost want to just wait this game out here. Um. Almost want to wait this game out. <laughs> it's only a minute left. Let's it's only on a seven. minute. It's <laughs> only a minute. Let's do this real slowly. No, uh, let's. I want to ask your opinion on uh, PSG though. Another heartbreak for PSG in in the Champions League. Yeah. Are they are, be... are they just mentally weak? <sighs> well, you
1: already know my opinions on the handball. So I think that. Without what I think was an incorrect decision, they go through, and then we're talking about something totally different. I don't think that, yeah, and they, they, they came very close to getting the second what would be decisive goal in this game for mm-hmm. themselves. Yep. Uh, and I don't like. I think particularly about, um, you know, a chance at the very end where they hit the post. I think about. Kylian Mbappe being sent through on goal sometime around the 80th minute, one on one with De Gea, uh, takes a very good first touch, but he loses footing and he slips. It's pouring rain. I don't think that even though it's an easy talking point and uh, like you know an intelligible narrative, I see those moments as decisive, a poor decision by the referee, in my opinion. A slip by a phenomenal young striker on a very wet day at another decisive moment. Him losing his footing has nothing to do with mental toughness, right? It's just they've been on the receiving end of a lot of bad luck. They were without their best player. Frustrating. But, you know, I made this comparison to a friend of mine uh, just before we started recording that it's so infuriating for PSG Fans and owners and players themselves, because they're so stacked that in league on it's it, it's almost a foregone conclusion. You know, it's like when you play several seasons of a football video game like FIFA, and your team is so good that you can simulate all the league games because you know you're going to end up at the top of the table no matter what. So you just play the Champions League matches. Yeah. That is PSG. And on the one hand, yeah, it's frustrating because. I don't want to reduce it to mental weakness. I do think it's a lot of just simply bad luck. But also, it's hard for me as a neutral to support a team that just has this influx of billions and that immediately raises them to this stature where, yeah, they're head and shoulders above the rest of the league. They only care about the Champions League. There does seem to be at least a little bit of poetic justice in a team like that that essentially only focuses on the Champions League, struggles so much in the Champions League in the last
0: few years. Yeah, let's call it a curse. Yeah, sure. Why not? The PSG Champions League curse. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. We'll see how long it goes. (laughs) Hopefully a century. Sorry, That's strong. (laughs) Maybe at least a decade.
0: No, but I mean, it, it seems like it's a team that... You know they've been cherry picking very good players. They're trying to do whatever whatever they can. They brought in Slatan, and it was like, okay, well, Champions League is our goal, and yeah, it didn't work. And then it's like, okay, let's bring in Neymar, and now he got hurt. So no goal. Well, no,
1: they brought in Neymar, and Champions League was our goal. And then they brought in Mbappe, and Champions League is our goal.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. There's a there's always next year, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, like that's I no, said, they're winning the league saying. is a foregone conclusion, so there certainly is next
0: year. Yep. Okay, uh, still no final whistle between Porto and Roma. We're in stoppage time. Uh, let's go over to the Europa League. We'll only talk about the English sides. So, um, Arsenal, they take on Rennes in their first leg here on Thursday. Kickoff, 12.55 Eastern. Yeah, and they will... Uh, Have you done your homework on Rennes?
1: <laughs> hardly at all, to be quite honest. Um, but they... Arsenal still should expect to win this game. Uh, it's a mid-table, mid-table team. That's all I remember. They're ninth or 10th. Yeah, we, they're in 10th. 10th, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, of course, against mid-table in the foregone conclusion league in which PSG is miles ahead always. Uh Arsenal should expect to win. I entirely expect Lucas Torreira to start this match given his Premier League ban. Um, I think that this is a game that Arsenal will really want to do precisely what they failed to do in the last round and put their stamp on it early, playing away from home Granted, they'll be playing a team that will be far more informed just by virtue of the fact that they're actually playing season games and are not on a break. Um, But it's not going to be a cold, miserable pitch. They should go in there and do the business against the mid-table league on side. And yet still I have
0: some nerves about it, (laughs) as per usual. Yeah, Um, we can say that Ren knocked out Real Betis in the prior round, 6-4 uh, in aggregate. So at least they've been scoring a little bit. Yeah. And, um, um, but yeah, they... they. It's easy to say. It's like, ah, they should take care of business. But I feel like if they play 100 games, Arsenal are going to win 95 of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but also if we played 100 games against Bate Borisov, we should win... 96 or 97 of them and of course we failed to do that in the first leg so uh it's it's just it's a game that i want to see us play the sort of attacking swaggering football that we have the last couple weeks uh and it's one that really will set the tone for the derby at old trafford this coming weekend. Uh, and I Derby, obviously, it's not local, but certainly teams with history. I think that it's going to be hard for me to imagine Arsenal losing this match. But I, it's also hard for me to imagine us keeping clean sheets. So, yeah, I, I would say 1-1, I'd be happy with. 2-1 to the Arsenal, I'd be quite happy with and confident with a couple away goals, it's just... It, I, I'm, I'm so uncertain in our defense, and I, nothing has made me feel confident about it. Certainly not Shkodran Mustafi. Uh, and he seems like... seems like he's playing video game soccer, but all of the buttons are the panic button.
0: Mm. Mm. That'll be interesting. Chelsea, after knocking out Malmö, they will take on Dynamo Kiev. And they sit in second place right now in the Ukrainian Premier League. They're uh, let's see, after twenty games, they are seven points behind Shakhtar Donetsk. So,
1: I mean, this will be this will be a game that Chelsea will want to really put their stamp on.
0: Um, I think that, but this is a much bigger test than Malmo, much bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I
1: think that, however, playing the first leg at home will help them. Uh, having dispatched Tottenham 2-0 at home, uh, you a know, uh, game against Fulham that they took care of business as well on the road. Uh, but the, the last time that the Blues supporters came to Stamford Bridge, they saw their side play as well as they have in months to dispatch a very strong Spurs side. And I think that coming off of that, they will, and I also, expect Chelsea to take care of Kiev at home at Stanford.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, game is over now. Porto won. So they move on 4-3 to three on aggregate. Uh, so good for them there. Okay, let's move over to the Premier League. We're approaching match week 30. Um, and uh, if we take a look at Saturday... I'm going to sort of bury the lead here. So we'll, yeah. we'll do in chronological order here. Saturday morning, 7.30 a.m. kickoff. Crystal Palace against Brighton on NBCSN. So good for supporters of Palace and Brighton that they are on the main stage early on Saturday. Uh, you know, pretty important game towards the bottom of the table. A three-pointer here, and you uh, will feel very good about yourself. As
1: Southampton, I think. I mean, Brighton are already in. They're they're in better shape than most of the other teams, and we can't totally write them out of the relegation conversation just yet. But you know, with a only quote unquote only minus eleven goal difference, that's far better than anyone else in the bottom five. So. Southampton. I mean, this is this is basically three points for the goals to drop and the Saints to win. Uh, I mean, that's how I view it. Uh, I think that.
0: Or, and, excuse me. Yes, I was going to say you're. We're talking Eagles here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm confusing my birds. Yeah, it's with a lot of birds. A lot of birds here. We're talking Gulls and Eagles. Yeah, I'm already no looking Saints. ahead to Tottenham. That's why. Yeah, no Saints. Um. But if let's say Crystal Palace pulls out a three-pointer here, they're up to 36 points. That's going to be I think that's going to be enough. Yeah, they'll be totally safe. Cardiff, I mean I mean if, I
1: said last week I said what? 35 would probably do it.
0: Did we say 35? I think I thought we said 38.
1: I don't I, know. Think I, said I don't remember. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think 36 you'll be safe. It might just be on the hair, but you'll you'll be safe um yeah Southampton they got a they got a tough one they're playing against Spurs
1: yeah <laughs> although I guess despite me putting my foot very squarely down my own throat uh this is nonetheless also true that these are three points for Southampton to win and Tottenham to drop even yes. though they're playing at St. Mary's
0: <laughs> yep no, it will be interesting uh 10 a.m. kickoffs on NBC Sports Gold. You got Cardiff against West Ham, Huntersfield against Bournemouth, Leicester against Fulham. Then you got Newcastle against Everton on CNBC. I need to look up what channel that is even on, uh, as far as where in the uh, you know channel numbers. Uh, Southampton against Tottenham, as we said, and then the late game, 12:30, is Manchester City against. Watford, league leaders Manchester City, since they overtook Liverpool after beating Bournemouth one uh, nothing on the road in their last game. Real Mars with lone goal of the game. Liverpool failed to win the Merseyside derby. It ended in a scoreless draw uh, at Goodison Park. So uh, really interesting there still between City and Liverpool. Spurs still in third. Sixty-one points. We should say City had seventy-one, Liverpool had seventy, and then. Well, we yes. should also say that
1: Watford are in, you know, fine fettle themselves, and although all the world will expect City to do the business at the Etihad, this is precisely the kind of upset game that can ultimately impact the uh, title race in the long run. So I'm, uh, I am very keen to see what happens on Saturday uh, between. City and Watford. I think, I, it,
0: I think it's going to be a repeat of their trip to Liverpool. It's going to be yeah. 5 nothing.
1: Yeah, you think so? Yep. Yeah, the bookies are giving uh, Watford a uh, less than
0: 5% chance to win. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> not good. Not good at all. Uh, Manchester United, they jumped up to fourth place as they uh, defeated Southampton 3-2 after Arsenal and Spurs played a 1-1 draw. So Arsenal in fifth Chelsea in sixth. So, United, 58 points. Arsenal, 57. Chelsea, 56. Um, Sunday slate. Bright and early, 8 a.m., Liverpool against Burnley. And then, 10.05. Uh, there's probably reasons for this. Uh, Chelsea against Wolverhampton. And then, the main event of the weekend Arsenal against Manchester United at the Emirates 12:30 Eastern kickoff for uh, that one. Is is the reason
1: for it not uh daylight savings isn't daylight savings
0: in the UK this weekend? I have no idea. All already, already back on that stuff. Oh, yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close to daylight savings here too, so. Okay, seriously, this is going way too fast. 2019, stop. Yeah, no, it is daylight savings is here.
1: It's this coming weekend. Wait, what? On Sunday. This Sunday. Sunday,
0: March 10th. Match day 30. Holy Daylight savings. fudge. <laughs> Wait, do I have the times all wrong then? No, you have them right. Kickoff oh. is 10.05 and 12.30. Yeah, yeah. No, I, my wondering is that five. Why we have that five? In the- yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You're yeah. right.
1: Because I was thinking that it was daylight savings in the UK this weekend. No,
0: no, no. I'm just. But it's thinking actually like, daylight savings later
1: on. So it's like I don't know. Maybe oh well, we're losing an hour of sleep. Let's just only lose 55 minutes so we can no. make sure all the ground staff. Gets I'm paper. just thinking That's if right.
0: it's TV related, like you you want if you're going straight from that Liverpool game to the Chelsea game. I don't know. Yes, Who there's knows? there's reasons, but holy hell, daylight savings this Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and it flies. And seriously. it's going to fly an hour faster on
1: Saturday night.
0: Yep. That's going to be fun. Oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to more sun. I always am. Yeah, but I do like when you turn it back at one hour, you get that one hour of extra sleep. No way! First You're night. crazy. You're cra- mm. it's, it's one night of one hour of extra sleep yeah. for
1: months of darkness. Yeah, as a, spring forward it's a... way better.
0: <laughs> Just like,
1: you know, make a second cup of coffee, as spike a, parent, a shot of Bailey's, and a, then
0: it's... As a parent to a toddler, I'll let all right. one hour okay. of sleep can be all the difference.
1: That's fair yeah. play. It's also hilarious because I am visiting friends in dc who are parents to a newborn two-month-year-old shout out to arcadia and we're going to go to the dc arsenal bar for the united match on sunday and i just realized oh yeah he's gonna have even one hour fewer of sleep than he usually does
0: having a two-month-old baby yep that'd be fun okay with that we're gonna say goodbye as always you can follow us on twitter i'm seb norin Elliott is Keats was better. And then give one Yank, one Swede a follow as well. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.